right, this is Steve Shoney. I'm the city manager for the city of Upper Arlington. That, as always, uh, was great friend of the show, Colin Gow, with his song, Podcast, our officially licensed Official. song. Officially, officially licensed song. Well, you picked uh, a good guy to do one. We did. I am here with my sidekick and co-host, Darren Shulman. I am digging this. And just so you don't know if this is your first episode, that's because I am the city attorney. It's a and very legal that, theme. And that is... What is that the theme song from? People's Court. The People's also Court. Also known as Mayor's Court. <laughs> <laughs> Since you run Mayor's Court. And if you hear that voice in the background, uh, that sounds a little bit familiar. If you, uh, in the morning, for drive time, listen to Sunny 95, mm-hmm. um, we are here with Dino Tripodis. Hello. Dino, I feel really kind show. of intimidated because this, this is like a legitimate radio we're fake radio and you're like legit radio well, let me let me just share intimidation before i got here i went online to make sure i didn't have any outstanding uh tickets or, or warrants because i didn't want to make sure this was some sort of sting, sting operation up, like when they tell you you won yeah. a prize yeah because you owe child support or i understand i'm in the raffle for a boat yeah where, where do i go for that well i think you're clear I, if I seem like I'm leaning in a little bit more and trying to drop my voice even lower than normal, it's because I'm like on with a, a professional uh, voice talent, so I feel like I've got a really No, you got a great voice. My uh, voice is higher than – Well, I my – co, My co-host, Stacy has a lower voice than I do, <laughs> and she knows that. We joke about it all the time, so you're good. That's right, baby. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to try. Steve does have that, like, lower – I'm trying to impress your voice going. Yes, I am. Um, so welcome. As we were talking uh, – uh, as we were waiting uh, for my sidekick to arrive, um, we do a little thing here to kick everything off called start bench cut. Start um, bench cut. I got a start good one. bench cut. This is a I, deep I, cut. I, I told I told him, but the I explained it all to him. So roll right into it. All right. So I, uh, your background is very interesting. Uh, you're much more than an awesome radio personality, and you were a private investigator. Did I read that correct? Yeah, in my in my younger years, yes. So I have I I literally never met a PI before. Back in my uh, late twenties into my early thirties, and continued to do it uh, while I was starting stand up. Uh, when I moved out to LA, <clears throat> in order to make some extra money, I reluctantly uh, took some cases out there as well because the people that I worked for had ties out there. So it was, it was interesting. Yeah. So this start bench cut is, um, famous, um, investigators. Oh, oh uh, man, this is going to be hard. And then, and then you, and then you also got to tell me which one you like most identify with. So that's like the bonus question. Okay? I love it. I love so start it. Bench cut. Sherlock Holmes. Start. Well, you know, I, oh. fair. he's like, he doesn't even, Monk, you know, Monk. Uh, oh, yes, I love Monk. I see you, you went see, too early. The whole idea is to make this hard. All right, I got excited. I got excited. I know, Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> I, I went with this tried and true. And then the third one, Magnum P.I. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, start Sherlock Holmes. I, I'm glad I didn't make you change your answer. Yeah, I love Sherlock Holmes. I'm a student of Sherlock Holmes. When you've eliminated the impossible, whatever's left, no matter how improbable must be the truth, has been something, a device that I've used my entire life, whether it's trying to find my keys <laughs> or, or, or trying to uh, figure something out. Uh, and then in reserve, what is it, uh, right? Yeah. Bench. Yeah. Bench. Yeah. Bench. Monk. I mean, I love, I, I love that show. Uh, Tony Shalhoub, I love tremendously. And Magnum P.I. I would cut. You straight up cut the stash? Cut the stash. I mean, I, oh. I, I enjoyed Magnum P.I., but I, I wasn't as a devout. Uh, it was fun. It's a fun show. I love watching it now, you know, but I didn't really watch it when it was That's on. Fair. 
But I mean, Monk, he's the only one with PI in his name too. So like he kind of was like true. asking you to it's pick him. True, like, look, I'm just gonna yeah, name myself yeah, PI because Sherlock was just a you know detective extraordinaire, and Monk was a former police officer who was a consultant. Yes. Yeah. Does he the, count? By the way, I figured that. was Yeah, close he does. Oh, he absolutely counts. Okay. He absolutely counts. So yeah. Do, okay, there's a couple different places to go with this, but first I want to ask. Actually, I'll stay with the. So it was which Sherlock Holmes interpretation Ooh. is your favorite? That's a good question. That's Steve. a great question. I don't usually compliment you, but that was a good one. Thank you. It's a great question. Um, I'd have to go they, because they did such an amazing job together, Benedict Cumberbatch and and Martin Freeman. That that most recent yep. incarnation of Holmes was just amazing. Uh, so well written and so amazingly performed uh but i still get a kick out of watching the old you know basil rathbone sherlock holmes and and there's been some great great you know what are your thoughts on robert downey i enjoyed the robert downey but i like guy ritchie movies too so yeah they're very so, guy ritchie yeah 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 and i thought action hero. yeah and i i thought robert downey can do no wrong in my book um uh Kiss Kiss uh, Bang 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 That's a deep cut right there is a, Yeah Is one of my favorite movies Robert Downey Jr. movies So yeah No No harm No files there So I I heard you were in a movie At some point Been in movies Movies I've made them I've been in them uh, I just <laughs> It's funny you should say that I just got back From Meadville, Pennsylvania Where I shot a uh, uh, I was cast in a horror film That uh, is called Pig Hill I mean, Meadville, Pennsylvania is the Hollywood of the East. So. It, it's a, it, is, it is not. It is not uh, the Hollywood of the East. It's not even the, not even the Burbank of, of, of the East. Uh, the, yeah, it was a, a, a screen actor, a SAG, low-budget horror film, and I played Giovanni Vendetti, who is the king of Pig Hill. So I was the pig king for, for three days. I mean, I bet you, I mean, I don't want to spoil it. You probably had to die then, right? Nope, I live. And that's what the writer said. Because you know, dude, you live sequel, baby. And I'm like, well, let's get through this one. Let's, like, <laughs> let's get through this so one how, first. How do you get cast and stuff like that? Are you just I have out a, there with your mugshots? No, yeah, my, not mugshots. Mug mug shot. I know it's a, it's <laughs> part of part of the business. Headshots? I get it. Sorry. I get it. Um, uh, I have an agent in, in uh, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Doherty agency, and I am signed with them, and, and they put out the casting call, and I had an audition and couple weeks later they said you're pinned for the role of Giovanni which pinned means that you've got the part unless we find somebody with a better and bigger name to take to take the role which they didn't so unless Robert Downey changes his mind yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think Robert Downey Jr. was going to Meadville Pennsylvania heard what to, they're filming in Meadville dude I'm, I'm there. there to play the pig to play the pig king but yeah, it was fun. It was it was it was a blast. I got to play somebody that's a complete 180 for me. Very big, a lot of a lot of bravado and nasty and and vile. Got to throw in a little bit of an accent, and it was it was fun. It was good. Oh, I'm I'm really into movies and stuff. So I did look up at your bio, and I saw your short film where uh, you and your uh, I guess colleague were brainstorming back and forth the ideas. Spitballing. Spitballing. Yeah, that was that was good. That was spit, we we that was out of boredom. We were so bored during the pandemic. Actually, we shot two films during the pandemic. One was Spitballing with my friend Ralph Scott in that one. Ralphie's great. And there's another one. If you go to dinotropotis.com, uh, you can see Supper, yeah, which I, I shot with uh, John Osbeck. John and I wrote that one together. 
and uh, we did that one. And that one actually uh, picked up a couple of awards in, in some of the festivals down the line. But that was another pandemic shoot where we just we were kind of losing our minds. Do something creative. And then during the pandemic, we wrote, the three of us, Ralph, John, and myself, uh, have written a film called Down to the Felt, which is scheduled to start shooting in October. We're currently in uh, pre-pre-production. We're putting all the financing together. And this will be the largest project we've ever done. This is like a, a $1.5 million budget. So I speak for Steve and possibly Brian and I, but if you need like walk-ons or someone to get killed, like we're, we're, we're going to, you know what? I may, I may need uh, the assistance of the Upper Arlington Police Department in respects to special duty Officers and we don't care that's, about that's great, that. But what about us? Yeah. We want to be. We want to be in us. this movie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we can do all that. But let's talk about us. This is what's really it's important. A, let's, let's, you, let's all work together. Yes. <laughs> let's all work together. You didn't realize that, that we founded this thing because we were bored um, and needed a passion project and really. Yes. Found and that's a way how this started. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, kind of, kind of. So it, we started it uh, January of last year, and it was coming out of the pandemic and looking for creative ways to reconnect to the community and um, our um, our uh, community affairs director who's also kind of is the uh, communications she was out on medical leave and um, so we had a little bit of leeway because she would never <laughs> have freedom get, she would never have allowed <laughs> us to have microphones on our own um, and Brian was too new to know any better and so um, yeah, I mean, we just said, okay, let's, we're coming out of the pandemic. Let's do something interesting that um, reintroduces the art of conversation. And beautiful, we've Brilliant. got so many great people in this community um, that you know, a year and a half late, you know, a year and a half later, we're still doing it, and we're still getting great guests and. You know, well, that, we usually we're bringing great. that to a crash halt gonna, today. I was oh, going to yeah. say, I was, I was setting you up for the self-deprecating there. Uh, I thought you were going to say, well, of course you have. You've got me now. <laughs> no. So, yeah. no you, I, I go the other yeah, way every yeah. time. You are clearly, I think the phrase is poly-hyphenate. You have a lot of things after your name. You're ready what, for some What's now. the phrase? Poly-hyphenate, right? Have you heard that? Like lots of different... Are, yeah. What do you consider yourself? Are you... Radio personality? Are you a filmmaker? Are you I, an actor? I consider you, myself, uh, if I can say this without sounding snobby, I, a, a creative. I mean, I write, I, you know, I'm a reluctant actor, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I'd much rather be behind the scenes, writing it, producing it, et cetera, et cetera. But when pushed, I will I will do that. Uh, I had a stand-up career, and I was a stand-up comic before I came into radio. Um, Should we do the really jerky thing and be like, tell us one of your jokes? No, don't, 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 don't. My brother and I had a podcast, and we tried it on a comedian who had a special, and his joke, he couldn't tell one and it was like fell flat so it's like it's the him. worst it's yeah. the worst thing yeah you know the, i learned that but uh yeah i'm doing stand-up uh and i still keep my foot in stand-up i'm doing some stand-up i don't know when this drops when you're when you when you drop this particular podcast like we do it every two weeks so yeah i'll be how, done i'll be at okay. the but you know as of this conversation like the next thursday i'll be at the the station okay. out in hilliard yep. they do a comedy night out there and i still got the funny bone from time to time what uh, kind of comic are you do you have like a are you a uh, as you insult comic, or? no, <laughs> everything is uh, the best comedy. I think is 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 the truth, and in my case, exaggerated truth. So basically, I, I talk about my life and the things that I've gone through in life with sometimes an exaggerated tone to it to try to find the absurdity and the and the and the comedy in real situations that everybody goes through. And as I get older in life. Um, 
the, the, the current theme of what I'm doing on stage right now is what I call cool, calm, and neglected. <laughs> which is like yeah, uh, cool and that I'm not cool, I'm not hip by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm a lot cooler now than I was, say, in my, as far as my uh, demeanor. And calm, you can't rattle my cage as easily as you used to be. And neglected, yay. Nobody, <laughs> nobody cares what I have to think or say or what I have my opinion about anything, and I couldn't be happier about it. So it, it kind of follows those things as I continue to progress in the age. I'm I just turned 64, and a different perspective on life at 64 as opposed to 54 and 44 and 34, and I kind of follow those lines. Are people pretty cool when you do stand-up now, or are they like hecklers and jerks? Well, you always get hecklers. You always get jerks, but God, you know, God bless them, and, you know, good luck because that is one skill that I still – if you're going to fire on me, prepare to be fired back upon quickly and I, mean, I kind of want to buy a ticket just to like try it <laughs> I, 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 I want to find something to try and heckle him with now and, yeah. but I'm a, I'm a little intimidated you were on the UA podcast <laughs> suck. it's probably not a good, uh, yeah. good heckle what is the best if you can remember the best heckle that you've gotten doing stand up because sometimes they oh do it and they gosh. get you and you're like okay yeah. that was good right uh, yeah, what, you know what if it's if it's an actually a funny heckle as opposed to just an abusive one yeah an abusive one, I can, you know, I, I, I can't even remember one. It's just the fact. Here's the thing: if you decide to go into stand-up, boys, if you decide to get up on stage, it's not even so much what you say when somebody heckles you, as long as you respond. It's the timing. It's the time. If you respond quickly, if you give that heckle um, like any life, and you look like you're rattled on stage for even a second, if you, uh, uh, you know. You know, you, you can I say suck? Yeah, 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 yeah you suck. And if you go, oh yeah, well you, you, and the and moment's gone. Blood is in the water. He, he's one. <laughs> yeah. He's one. But if he says something like that, and you come back with something really quick, it almost doesn't even matter what you say as long as you say it quickly and get it and kind of just clamp it down real fast. Yeah, those are things you learn the hard way over the years and years and years of stand up. Because there were times where somebody would heckle, and I would be, the, uh, yeah, well. Okay. No, 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 uh, 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 no, uh, no, you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you have, do you have like a standard go-to come, you know, a, a short version that it's all, it's always a variation of, yeah, that's what she said or something. Uh-uh. Okay. Uh-uh. I'm always in the moment. Always okay. in the moment. Yeah. It, uh, you kind of go with the flow of what's happening. And so I always, always, always kind of size up the audience as well, too. And I think that comes back from investigative days. I always try to read a room a little bit and uh, get an idea. For example, I'm sitting here right now, and one of the things that I'm thinking about is why you both have the same sweater on. Ah, it's a thing. It's, the title of the podcast is Won't You Be Our Neighbor? Uh huh. And so we ripped off la, Rogers. Mr. Rogers. Okay, so that's on purpose. It's on yeah, purpose. It oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of wish. I kind of wish you got the elephant out of the room earlier because yeah, imagine how much more free this whole interview would have been if he was like, "These guys are just weird, and I don't want to be here." Because, Wait a minute. And yeah. they, they haven't like, even, it hasn't even phased them that they have the same sweater. sweater. No, no. no. I'm like, guys, give each dudes. other a call in the morning. Something. Yeah, no, yeah. no. This is part of the whole shtick. It's okay. like it's like putting on our, you know, it's like putting on your uniform. We, we, this is how we kind of get into the. Zone that being the said, they're lovely sweaters, and I'd like to have one. I mean, yes. they, they, they look very, very comfortable. Very, they're actually not very lovely. I got them. They're a year and a half old. I went on Amazon when we said we were going to do this and found the cheapest. Yeah, it, wow. it shows. Uh, cheapest red cable knit 
cardigan that I could find uh-huh. on Amazon. Not five stars at this point. No, it's the hole not in my shoulder has been there all. And I've had it and been repaired. It's yeah. So we, we, we just and I, I realize that this is a uh, audio medium and not video, right, right, right. so we're we don't need to wear them, but we really do feel it, like it. No, man, it, that's that's the hey, that's part of it. You got to be able to get into the in, into the the role. And, and so let's the, talk about that with your radio show. Right. Do you like dress up? No. Do you don't? You just wear whatever no. you feel like? No. Do you have a, a thing I, you want to wear? I, I went home and changed my shirt because I had something even, you know, less than than this when I went in this morning. I think I had a sweatshirt on this morning when I went in. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, you get up at, uh, I get up at, uh, the alarm goes off at four and the last thing I'm Good. thinking about is is what I'm going to wear. So it's literally next in line, whatever's in the closet as far as a T-shirt or a sweatshirt, depending on the weather. Yeah. Next. And how hard is it to – we get to do this every other week and yeah. we let you do this. How do you come up with stuff every day? Every day. Well, I mean, life changes every day. And there's different situations out there every day. And we're a very conversational show. Um, we talk about some of the current things. And we talk about what we call uh, evergreen topics, things that pop up that are just – you could talk about it on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. And if there's something that's uh, that's really hot in, in current events, we, we might discuss that as well. Um, we also kind of – try to pull the curtain back a little bit and when we get into some of the things get into our our lives as well and our takes on things you know um uh, there was a there was a topic today that uh one out of three one out of three adults uh are are too tired to be healthy <laughs> well <laughs> and i would be, be higher here <laughs> and, and, and i would be one of those yeah. three you know and then four we start, out of three in this table yeah. are too, tired to <laughs> too tired to be healthy for whatever the reasons might be and they listen to something we have so we have fun with that we have, we have a lot of fun yeah so how long have you been doing the radio show? i did the radio nonstop for 24 years okay. and nobody more surprised than myself that that was the case i came from stand-up comedy i was a guest it's Sunday 95 on a regular basis. As a comedian, I moved out to Los Angeles, and then one day they asked me to be a co-host on the show. And I said no, because I was out in L.A., and they said no a second time. Then I finally started to think about it, and I said, you know what? It'd probably be a good thing to to have in my resume. The, I'll go. My daughter was turning 13 at the time and lived here in Upper Arlington. It'd be a good time to go home and spend. That's kind of an important yeah. year in a, in, a, in a girl's life. As for, in respects to her development, so I'll come home and then I'll be with my kid and I'll do this. They'll realize they made a horrible mistake, and uh, I'll go. I'll go back to Los Angeles. In fact, I kept my place in Los Angeles and would go back that first year because I was just the co-host. It was a uh, a lovely gentleman by the name of Bob Simpson who was the host of the show at that particular time, and so uh, I would still go out to L.A. You know, once every six weeks and still do my sets at the Improv and the Comedy Store and keep all that going. Um, circumstances changed and Bob left the show and uh, Stacy was also on that program it was Bob Simpson and co company so we were oh, all you were co- just the co I was we were I was part of the co okay. yeah That's, yeah I, I know how you feel mm. yeah yeah it's <laughs> yeah, just part of the right. co and that was in October and we all kind of collectively sat around together and said look they're probably gonna get a new morning show come January of next year let's just pretend that each show is our last show and just have fun we had fun. The ratings continued to go up, and then January the following year, they you know, they offer us a, a four year contract to to Stacy and myself to 
to do the morning show. And I'm like, uh oh, now what? You know, and then my daughter with her big doe eyes, you're going to do it, aren't you, Pa? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm going to do it. And then that turned into 24 years, and I left in 2018 and came back. Um, it'd be two years this July. I left and took a break, and they had somebody else uh, in, in my place with, with Stacy, uh, Bobby, who did a great job. And when his three years were up, uh, they made another change and asked me to come back. And I, Came back. So, and your name's on the show now, so it's legit. Stacy and Dino, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Dino and Stacy, and Stacy and Dino, and yeah. Yes. Do you guys fight over who gets to go first? Absolutely not. I mean, I, I figured that was the answer, but just, <laughs> I would want. I would fight for the uh, Darren is D. No, no. Well, if you could book a guest, you might have. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Okay, Stephen Darren. Um, so. Um, you, one of the things that I think people love about your show is um, how unapologetically you guys try and be positive about the world. Sure, even, even when it's tough. Um, how do you how do you do that? Where you consistently try and stay positive? <sighs> I, I appreciate you saying that. Um, and is that and is it, that a fair it, way? To I put don't it? I don't know if that's entirely true. I do think. I, I don't want to say that negativity comes through, but sometimes honesty comes through. Fair enough. And when honesty comes through, it might be how you really feel about something. Yeah. And it's 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 hard to be to always try to find something positive if something really upsets you and yeah. disgusts you or you're angry about something. But that anger can be channeled into something positive and the fact that it's honest and sincere. Um, you know, we we. Uh, we try to stay away from the stuff that you can hear ad nauseum every day. We try to we we, we don't want to get involved in, in in the in the political climate and right. so forth and and extremely controversial things that are in your face twenty four seven because it's a different time now. You can get all that either online or uh, on twenty four hour news networks and see it all the time. So I I believe that people come to our show. Uh, we have news with Clark. Clark Donnelly's been doing news forever and a day, and he's great. But I think people come to our show for entertainment. You know, they want to hear some music. They want to hear. They want to laugh. They want to be entertained. And every once in a while, we have some very serious guests on about serious topics, and that's fine, because there are some serious things out there that need to be addressed. Uh, you know, we have a great relationship with Nationwide Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, we're currently doing uh, work with the On Our Sleeves program and mental health and children. Yep. I mean, these are very serious topics. And, you know, they can't all be uh, – not everything can be addressed in a lighthearted, ha-ha manner because these are serious things that affect our families and our children and so forth and so on. So we get in those moments. But, yeah, there's a basically uh, – there's always uh, – top of mind is, is positivity. Yep. Yeah. Well, and even if you're dealing with a, a difficult subject, so long as you're talking about it in terms of we are not powerless. Right. And there is an impact that you can make and that we can make together. You can have real conversation and not pretend that um, everything's sunshine and roses and unicorns um, and still be, you know, leave people coming away feeling like, hey, this is, I, I got a place and I got something I can do. I was a comedian who came to radio. Uh, the day I grew up and became a radio person and realized uh, that I was in a pretty important place 
was 9-11. Okay. Um, I was supposed to go on vacation. Stacy was already on vacation. 9-11 happened. Um, and I immediately went to the station later that morning. And we stayed on the air that particular morning, uh, past the morning show, into, you know, I, I think a good 10, 10 hours. Yeah. No music. I mean, you know, that was one of the darkest days in this nation Right. that we ever experienced and that's when I, I, I realized that uh, what we do and, and I don't mean to amplify this or make it sound self-important but uh, people were 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 calling out and crying and, and wanting answers and, and, and it wasn't even so much that we had answers because we didn't we knew just as much as anybody else but we came together as a as a community and that's when you start to realize that you know what you do sometimes in radio I never take it for granted but whatever bond that we've established with our audience over the years is a real bond yeah um, and I, I felt it that day uh, on 9/11 and I remember when I went home I threw up I was I was so Ugh. so tense and and and, and so uh, with everybody but we were a calming effect people wanted something they wanted a, a a dose of normalcy and stacy got like the last rental car from her vacation she couldn't fly she couldn't right. take a, a a train a bus or she she got the last rental car and she got back as soon as she could and and we and we did what we do for the next few days it was it was just it was it was frightening it was surreal and yet it was also in a way as the days continued to progress encouraging that we could all come together on some level and and understand and, and try to figure it out together right. for lack of a better description uh, it was it was a it was an amazing time but yeah I grew up that day yep. in radio for sure for sure well and you hit on something that I don't I think you realize it because of that story but you're coming into our homes, into our cars. You're almost kind of part of our family almost because, like, you don't get us back, but we hear you every day. We know about your lives. Right, right, Do right, you right. Sense that? I mean, that's one powerful example. But even on a day-to-day -day basis when people recognize you or run into you and stuff, I mean, voice is different than TV. But Right, right, right. Oh, I'd much rather be on radio than television. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> – we do a podcast as well. We do Whiskey Business. I have a – for the last five – almost six years now we do a podcast and we do have a video component to ours so we we youtube ours as well and uh so is I, there is there a whiskey element to whiskey business whiskey business is what i call a podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey so the only running theme on our podcast is there's a different bottle of whiskey every week that i share with my guests and the podcast the guests range from a to z uh, well, uh i think you got s over here steve's like <laughs> Where am I getting whiskey? So um, we did a podcast with Greg Lehman uh -huh. over at Watershed. For Watershed, sure. He's been on plenty of times. Uh, we did a podcast for him. We just released it, what, three weeks ago? Greg's great. Um, I actually made him uh, – my hobby now is mixology. Oh, nice. And I actually made him – a cocktail of my own creation on the podcast with his with his bourbon with his bourbon and his nochino okay no it chinos. was very cute because steve was like a little boy like <laughs> i so totally i totally to show his parents what he made at art that, school that, that, I, that, that, I totally fanboard with it do you remember it, that's you, exactly how it was can, uh, you, can you can you just recap for me what, what, yeah, what, what the parts um, and parts so we call uh we called it mr rogers rabbit because again trying to stay with sure. the mr rabbit. rogers yeah. theme uh it is uh bourbon Nochino, K2, 
carrot juice, oh. uh, syrup, bitters. Uh, what am I missing? Pinch of salt. Pinch of salt. And the, and the big And blood ice. orange. And how many attempts did it take before you were felt comfortable enough to present said cocktail? Because I know you had to go into, for lack of a better description again, a test kitchen of some sort. No, you didn't want to go in cold. Yeah, you can't go no, in cold. And be like, I, I, hey, been, my expensive thing. I've been making that for well since they did Nochino Fest last fall because we got a bottle. I'm like, okay, what do I make with this? And went and found a recipe that was okay. And then I kind of tinkered with it a little bit and switched some of the switched the citrus around to the blood orange and ch- played with the syrups. So I, I'd been making it probably. I'd made it probably a dozen times before I made it. Okay, today. so it yeah. was not. It was not. Hey, let me try this out. Yeah, but you know what? It. Wait, wait, wait. Before, you, before we taste it, let me put some salt in it. Yeah, okay, let me, let me, now let's try it. I, I forgot, forgot it. the okay. salt. You yeah. forgot the salt. I, I forgot the salt when I brought it for Greg. And, it, and if you listen to it, he's like, "I said, oh shoot, I forgot the salt." He's like, "Yeah, I can taste that you forgot the salt." So yeah. it was a little bit. But anyway, sorry. He I did digress. say it was good, and he wasn't even like trying to like make you feel better. He didn't yeah. let him down easy. He said, "That's a solid drink. I can taste your flavor yeah. profile or whatever." Oh well, Watershed is you know. We live in an amazing city when it comes. If we're going to talk whiskey for just yeah, a second, I, uh, I mean, we, we are, can talk whiskey for more than we, just a second. We live in an amazing city with the uh, with the amount of quality distilling distillers that are in this town making whiskey. High Bank, Noble Cut, Echo, Watershed. Uh, the list goes on. If I forgot somebody, I forget Magnolia. Uh, also, they were on the podcast recently. They they blend they, you know their their whiskeys, but uh, still they're. They take time and effort to blend what they think is uh, something really cool. But uh, uh, we actually had a whiskey business barrel selection uh, with Watershed. Our police department did. Yeah? Yep. Did yours sell out? Uh, it did. We, we did internally. Yeah, yeah internally. internally? I think we, sold, we sold it all. Oh, it, it, sold it was it like all? a kind of an awareness nice thing for the police department. Okay. They so opened it up to me and Steve, so... Yeah, yeah, but he sold, he sold, so it sold internally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't sell like to the public. It was like no, our thing, sold but... to the public. Yeah, yeah. oh, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was actually on their their flight menu at, at the restaurant. So, Steve and cool. Darren whiskey. Maybe we can just brand this, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I take it either you like the name whiskey business or whiskey is your drink of choice. Um. Yeah, it is. I was a Scotch guy at first. Uh, and then moved over to whiskey, you know, bourbons and uh, Tennessee whiskeys. Uh, Jack Daniels is probably my favorite everyday pour, but there's so many. That's the other thing, too. I mean, whiskey has gone, as you probably know, bonkers in the last 10 years. And I don't chase, I don't chase the unicorns anymore because there are so many great whiskeys that are $40 and under for a good everyday pour. So... If anybody uh, wants to know any about that stuff, you can always go to whiskeybusinesspod.com to listen to some of the yeah, – I'm going to get my own plug in. No, you're allowed to do that. To, Sh- to, shameless uh, plugs are welcome. Uh, shameless plugs are welcome. Whiskeybusinesspod.com uh, to uh, check out our podcast and a lot of the archived episodes. Um, so I'm putting together this whole picture now. I'm going to mm-hmm. pitch something to you. You were a detective. Yeah. I like your whiskey. Yeah. You do acting. You yeah. need to make like an old throwback like detective movie. Like you would be a great like detective where the damsel in distress comes in and needs your help or something. And But she's really like. A like film noir. Kind yeah, of film thing. noir. You, you would be perfect it's, for that. I, I think I am connected to that. Uh, I, I When I was a comic on the road, and this was shortly after I gave up investigating. 
I don't even think I've really given up investigative work. You still work, have your PI card? Uh, I, I actually. Oh, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> actually, uh, yes, still uh, licensed. And every once in a while, I'll, I'll get a, a call, if you will. Take a look at this. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? I will. Just for fun. I was up in Cleveland not too long ago uh, helping out on something, which I can't discuss. But. But yeah, every once in a while I still get the call. But my, do you do my, like plumbing too? It seems no, like you do everything. No, I can't. I the, can't. Or is it just not plum, Just no plumbing and electrical no, and everything I else? No, I cannot. I, I have a. I have, I have a beautiful mind, but the the handiwork with the hands, forget it. Okay. You know, I right. would hire you to be my PI because imagine being able to flex on your friends. Like, I'm so cool. My PI is a radio person. <laughs> like, what? Uh, it's it's fun. But I remember when I was on the road, there was this uh, woman we met afterwards, and she was. Uh, she was a, a psychic, and those are entertaining. And mm-hmm. but she also her her specialty was past lives, and she knew nothing about what I used to do. She just knew me as the comic that was on stage, and uh, she said, "In a she, my past life that she had was I was I was a detective oh. in the forties. Boom, boom, and I was horribly murdered." I mean, not boom on that part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to celebrate that. Well, while I boom. was trying to solve a case, she said, you were horribly murdered. And I'm like, wow, that's weird. Let's write this movie, man. Let's yeah. make it happen. Crazy, right? Can you can you tell us any of the cases that you did work on? I mean, were you like, is it like TV at all? Or were you like looking at like cheating spouses? Or? Yeah, did you did you follow around anybody in Hollywood's famous spouse or anything like that? I did not. Uh, the case I worked out, I, I will share two of them with you. The one case that I worked in L.A., the client was actually a pornographer, a legitimate pornographer, <laughs> as opposed to an illegitimate. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay, I didn't know there was a I distinction mean, you know, there. And this is this is back when you know you couldn't get porn so easily, if you will. But he was, but but uh, the people that I worked for did a lot of intellectual property cases, so he was getting ripped off. People were stealing his. They were they were duplicating his product. He was getting anyone to find out who was ripping them off. So that's what that case was about, and it took me to like every seedy, nasty. Felt like you felt like you were in Boogie Nights. Yeah, yeah. It this was has got to be like one tenth of your stand-up material. No, right here. actually, <laughs> I've never talked about being an investigator on stage. Isn't that weird? Oh my gosh, that's such a good story. I, it is, I, it is, yeah, and there was another case uh, that I worked that was based out of here, Columbus. I don't. I'm older than you guys, but um, there was a uh, uh, insurance fraud case, a big one called uh, Jess Sweats that was uh you familiar with Jess yeah John Hawkins and Melvin Hansen uh conspired to fake the death of one of the owners of the Jess Sweats chains of stores in order to collect the insurance money and I was brought in on that case as well fake the death yeah they faked the death of the they found some they killed somebody else in California to oh. to to replace to be the body of Melvin Hansen and well, they, what was the long-term plan there? Is Melvin Hansen just never gonna like come? No, back? Melvin Hansen actually went away and got plastic surgery, and and uh, this is super in depth. Uh, oh yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, um, I, I, I got called into that one by accident almost because I was already working a case in Chicago for them, an intellectual property case where I was posing as a counterfeit watch dealer in Chicago. This, this is, <laughs> You were like the most interesting man in America. Forget the Corona guy. By the way, I can totally see you as what well. as a, um, a counterfeit watch counterfeit dealer. Counterfeit watch dealer, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, was, I think I think you could pull that off. Yeah, I had I, I was set up. Rolex watch. I had I was set up. I had fake Gucci, fake Louis Vuitton, fake Rolex watch. 
watches. I could, I could, you know, I could tell you. I could look at a watch today and tell you if it's a if it's a legit or or, or a fake. Uh, even though they're gotten much better now. Um, but yeah, but I was working that case and coming back to make my reports back here in Columbus and the whole office was a buzz and I go, what's going on? They were talking about this insurance case and, and, uh, they were talking about, you know, we need somebody to go, uh, talk to, to John Hawkins's roommate, uh, who was not talking to police or authorities. He was being very close knit, but, but he was talking to media. He loved the attention of the media and, I, I always used to make a joke that I was kind of profiling people before profiling was cool. And I said, has he talked to anybody from Rolling Stone magazine? Now, you got to remember, this is 1988. Yeah. So we don't have the, the Internet. We don't have, you know. And uh, I, they said no. And I said, well, let's see if he does. And I posed as a Rolling Stone reporter to go talk to him. And when he was, was like, Rolling Stone is the coolest. Yeah, of right. Talk to you. And I took the approach that, uh, you know, I had just come back into town and saw everything. I took the approach that his roommate, John Hawkins, was was being railroaded and he was innocent. So to try to I took that route. And uh, I found a bag of trash. This is how they used to do it back in the old days. I found a bag of trash in the closet that had was a wealth of trash back in those days was the equivalent of going to the internet yeah, and getting yeah. information in that bag of trash were correspondences, letters, cards, phone bills, and, 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 and a and note leases. that said the plan, <laughs> fake death, plan two, get plastic surgery, step three, <laughs> profit. <laughs> you cracked the case. <laughs> well, what was interesting about that was it sorted all this stuff out. Now you got to remember I'm 20. How'd you get the garbage out? Did you tuck it under your shirt or something? I threw it out a window. That's <laughs> genius. <laughs> uh, probably better than like, well, I'm feeling something. Yeah, to, 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 to bust it, not bust the window, but open the window and, and, and toss it out. Because um, I was amazed that, I, first of all, that his roommate just let me walk around to, to kind of get a, I mean, a lot of fortunate things went my way. But um, I remember being in the office and, and sorting everything out. And I'm a 27-year-old kid, you know. Amongst all these veteran, you know, some FBI people were there, some Columbus police were there, and grizzled veterans and so forth. And I'm like, I don't think John Hawkins is going to be a successful fugitive. I think this guy is narcissistic, you know, because I'm, re I'm reading all these letters and cards and so forth and so on. And I'm, and I'm thinking, you know, he's going to go seek comfort and protection and solace from friends and maybe even family. And I said, based on these courses, I said, I think he'll be in one of these six places within the next 24 to 48 hours. And I remember, let's clear it like, uh, <laughs> okay, okay, kid. Okay, kid. We have the FBI playbook. We yeah, okay, about. kid. All right. Well, we don't actually, we're not going to exert the manpower with I'm sure that, that, okay. Sure enough, he eventually was spotted and seen in, in I think, three or four of those places. So they could have had him quickly. But instead, he remained elusive for like almost uh, two years and finally was busted um, in Sardinia, I think, is where they caught up to him. But they could have wrapped it all. And then some of the other people involved in the case uh, were convicted. They caught Melvin Hansen coming back from Mexico with plastic surgery. And I mean, you realize I've seen enough movies that they were never going to listen to you. It's just like, that's the plot. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's kind of right. Whole, it's almost, whole run time it, it, it's almost kind of cliche-ridden yes. at that point. But like, okay, all right, fine. You know, what do I know? And, you know, I, I just, I don't know what I knew. I just was good at my job. Cool. That's a great story.
You are the most interesting person I've seen. No, You've not got hardly. all these cool things. Not hardly. The stand-up PI. Stand-up, well, which is the, the, oh, man, I feel like, which is the basis of my detective novel called The Reluctant Eye. Boom! <laughs> oh. See, we're on the same wavelength. No, no, I, no, you did it first. I'm not going to No, no, no. I wrote it. I wrote it back in, in the 90s, and I hate it. I hate it. Oh, it's I, like sitting on the shelf. Never. It's sitting on the shelf unpublished because I hate the, I've rewritten it like seven times. So now if I were to publish it, it would have to, and I would be a period piece because it takes uh, place. But that's cool now. It takes place in the late eighties. So it would have to be a period piece novel at this point. That's how long ago I wrote this thing. Anything gotta, that doesn't have um, smartphones is a period piece at this point. Right, 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 right. And it doesn't have a smartphone. I, don't think, I think you need to dust it off. Be inspired by this podcast. To maybe, it. maybe. Feel free to mention the podcast as you're like, you know, spark to re redo it. You because know? it's about a private investigator who doesn't want to be a private investigator anymore. He wants to be a stand-up comic. I mean, and, and he, he comes on a podcast. And discovers <laughs> that, <laughs> discovers he goes calling. into the future. Yeah, and he goes on a podcast. Yeah, um, yeah and so he'll just be flashbacks based on this conversation. He, he's just uh, he's trying to be a stand-up comic, but he's not making enough money as a comic. So he reluctantly takes cases in order to supplement his income and so forth. Now, do you have the uh, mystery involved? Is it a one mystery thing, or is it more about his life? No, it's, it's, there's, there's a mystery involved. Because it's, it's, that's the hardest part, I think, of writing a mystery. Like, you really have to have that thing where the clues are there, well, but you can kind of figure it out, you but know, not too obvious. Take right? what life gives you and, and make it your own. It's, it's about an insurance fraud case. There you go. Uh, so uh, so hopefully nobody has listened to this is, podcast because then they know the story. The question is, who would play Darren and I in the movie? Um... I think I'd have to let you guys play yourselves. Oh, oh good even answer. better. Boom. Yeah. And thank you for thinking it's already a movie because yeah. uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not. It's not right now, it's, oh, no. it, right now it's uh, 275 pages sitting up in my room collecting dust for the last 20 years. So Dust it off. Although you'll probably uh, read it and be uh, like, after, oh, wow. after you pass, now, somebody will find it. It'll be... It, It'll just my, go. My, It'll my, be like a Van Gogh. My friend says that all the time. When you die, the first thing I'm doing is taking all the stuff that you don't think is was worth being published, and I'm gonna take it all, and I'm gonna I'm gonna a girl with the dragon tattoo you, you know. Yes. And, and that's what happened with yeah. with that particular writer. But down to the felt, that's that that's the movie, the the script. That's also that's happening. Yeah. That's happening. That's real. A compulsive gambler who's on a bad roll and wants to leave life literally a winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes a deal with a psychotic yet devout Jewish hitman to kill him. I'm Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> Casting done. Uh, to kill him in two weeks, so his mother can collect his insurance money. He can leave life a winner because his mother, you know, he's, he's under the he's under the shadow of his, his deceased father. And, and, is this a black comedy or just dark? Dark, dark, dark is comedy. It, it is comedy though. There's is some it? there's some dark comedy okay. in it, but it's actual a lot of action uh, thriller and you know. It's pretty cool. I mean, I'd settle for being the guy like when the car drive chase goes by. It's like, whoa, you knocked over my shopping cart. You know, there's always. The well, we're going to shoot it and film it in Columbus because uh, the goal is to. Uh, this is something that, that John Osbeck, Ralph Scott, and myself uh, are firm believers that these types of projects uh, and, and big ones because we've all shot independent films. I, I, we both have films that are streaming on Amazon as we speak. Uh, John did minus one. Uh, Ralph's done a clown movie called uh, Flopsy, and I hope I'm getting it right, Flopsy and Maxie. Um, so much I, to unpack there, but know, I don't want to break your we, sh- we, we, we shot a lot of Street Where We Live in Upper Arlington. We we shot a lot of the stuff, that our movie that we did four years ago is streaming on on Amazon as we speak. Um, but we want to we want to bring 
bigger. Cleveland gets all the love. Cincinnati gets all the love. Pittsburgh, you know, we we want to bring bigger films to Columbus. So that's why we, even though it's set in Cleveland, Columbus is going to double for Cleveland. And uh, so Darren thinks he's the Central Ohio version of Bill Simmons. He's got a podcast for everything. Um, I do. I think you should have him on your movie podcast. Yeah, I have a movie review podcast. Uh, you, uh, are you from Delaware at all? From Delaware. Oh, okay. So from Delaware, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Are you yeah. familiar with it? Uh, yeah, with cool. Strand, yeah, yeah, I Strand, love Delaware. Yeah, the Strand Theater. Uh, the director of Strand Theater and I review movies together. So, um, yeah, if you have a movie coming out, we'd love to have you on sometime. Well, this is great cross promotion, Steve. Thank you. So, I've, you know. It's actually legitimate. I tell you, you can't have a guest on though if you review movies. Because what if you hate it? That's very uncomfortable for the next forty-five minutes. Well, we we could have you on before we <laughs> yeah. see it and talk about it to get people pumped up about it. Um, but I'm also very good. Why don't you ex- be on my podcast? Done. There you go. Come on, my but you like whiskey? I think Steve he does it. I do. Steve loves it. He'll have yeah. to come along too. Yeah, yeah. We'll, he can we'll come. Cross promote yeah. everything. Let's do yeah, this. There we go. It's all about, yeah, man. It's all about, yeah, let's cross-promote let's all it. of it. Yeah, I'll do it. That sounds cool. Because yeah, we, we, we've done movie-centric podcasts. That'd be great. Um, Hope Madden and George Wolf. I don't know if you know those two names, but they're, they're well-known movie reviewers here in town. Uh, they come on every year and do an Oscar podcast. That'd be fun. And, yeah. yeah, and we've done we've done some deep dives into uh, uh, films. And favorite one, Johnny DiLoretto is another uh, movie aficionado. He's been on the podcast. We actually— Former UA guy. Huh? Former UA guy. Johnny DiLoretto? Yeah. Lived is here it? for a couple years. His, uh, his kid. Um, uh, he's uh, a Steubenville guy. I know yeah, that. He's a Steubenville guy, but. Because uh, I'm from Steubenville as well. It, uh, I didn't know that. Um, Vincent uh, mm-hmm. graduated with my kid. Yep. 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 So. Yeah. Uh, we actually did uh, one of my favorite podcasts was we watched It's a Wonderful Life. And like live comment, a live it? comment. Of it's a wonderful life, yeah. And it was that was it was a two parter because it's a long movie, but uh, yeah. So we've done some deep dives. Yeah, you asked about how to uh, say things about movies that are bad. I very rarely will completely trash a movie, but it's about being honest and yet sure. accentuating who would like it. But one of the worst movies I've ever seen was a this movie called Monster Trucks. Have you seen this? Uh-uh. The concept is the evil oil company is digging into the ground and it hits an underground reservoir and the monsters get out and they hide in this kid's truck that doesn't have an engine and the monster's tentacles make the wheels go and the evil oil company is trying to capture the monster. And it stars like real people in it. This is like a real movie. I was like, and, I can't believe I just watched it. And this. that's what's dumber. crazy. Like, we're trying to raise 1.5 mil to shoot our film, but Monster Truck Monster got Truck's made. Monster Truck probably it, was a $50 billion uh, just uh, burning uh, light. Uh, money you know, fire. just uh, so, ah, makes me crazy. Well, the Pig Hill is about, uh, there's a legend in Meadville, Pennsylvania, urban legend, that there are pig human hybrids living in the woods. <laughs> really? Yes. It, it, that's so a, you went on location to film it? Like, where the actual pig human hybrids might yeah, be? Yeah, 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 yeah. It got kind of creepy. Um, and there's a there's a, a a rash of serial killings, and they're trying to blame it on the on the pig people, um, if you will. When is this movie coming? Out? I have no idea. I don't want to I, see it. That's one where I've just you know I was literally hired to play a role, and my character is the king of Pig Hill. He has no legal pig farm, 
So he's Is that a, where the hybrids come you just, from? You just took the jet in, took the jet out, and that the was jet. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if my if my Toyota is the jet, yeah, I I uh, I hauled hauled butt up there for three and a half hours. And what's the movie you said had some Upper Arlington in it that you made? Street where we live is currently streaming. Oh, it's called Street where you live. It's called the Street uh, where we live. I thought you were saying you were filming on the Street where no, you live. No, no, like, the Street where we live is currently sh- streaming on Amazon and Tubi and some other things as well. We shot that four years ago. We shot it at mostly the majority of it in Clintonville and in Upper Arlington. Um, It'd be fun for people to check out. Yeah, they yeah, 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 yeah. They'll, you'll recognize a lot of stuff, and that was a very, very low budget. But uh, again, you know, uh, what a great community of actors and talent behind the camera and in front of the camera that are right here in Columbus, Ohio. So now we're going to be casting some names for Down to the Felt that are going to come in uh, to play the leads. But everything else, some of a lot of the supporting roles will be will be cast here as well you know maybe it's you know how they go through all the everybody and then at the end of the credits it's also featuring feature yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and introducing and introduce yeah steve as steve <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah listen i appreciate you coming in this has been great we flew by didn't we, we did we, we just yeah, ate I'm all the sorry. time we just, up, we no, you this off, is, you're too interesting to this short. is the whole purpose of this thing so we fit we always start with start bench cut we always finish with two questions. Sure. Uh, this is a UA-centric podcast, even though I don't think we've talked about UA very much at all today, which is awesome. Um, what do you love about UA, and what would you change? What I love about Upper Arlington, um, my daughter and, and uh, her mother lived in Upper Arlington for years, went to the UA schools, so I know she got a great education. I work in UA, obviously it's sunny 95, which back in the day was WVKOAM, and I don't. I think when that radio station began as an AM station, I don't even think there was houses over there yet. Right. Yeah, at that point. Um, but what I think what I like about UA is kind of the same feeling I have about where I live in Clintonville, is that it continues to grow, change, prosper, all for the better but still manages to retain its charm and its significance. You know, it, uh, it's, it, it, it grows and changes, but I think it always remembers its roots. Yeah. And I think that's kind of important in a place that you live and a place that you work and people, et cetera, et cetera. So that's probably the one thing I like about UA, you know, uh, it gets the occasion some places get an occasional facelift, yep. if you will. But, it still <clears throat> maintains its its charm, and I, that's what I, that's what I like about it. So, what would you change? What would I change? What would I? Ch- oh, um, <clears throat> what what do they call it? The five points. Five points. Yeah, yeah. I love how he was Roundabout. able to point and say, f- and we all knew five it, points. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Roundabout. Are you pro roundabout? No. No. Oh. I'm not pro roundabout. Because I, I, <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I, I, was, I, I know we're not supposed to talk politics. You know? <laughs> I'm not, I, that wasn't a gotcha question. Roundabouts make me crazy only because every seems like every time I get into a roundabout, there's someone who seems like they've gotten to the roundabout for the first time in their lives ever, yeah. and, and, and 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 panics. And it's just like you know, that's when you have to be the, the most defensive driver ever in your life. Um, it's, it's, I get impatient. You know, yeah, the, the, no, the, it's it's a long light. It is. It's a long, long light, and if somebody's not paying attention and takes the arrow when they're supposed to take the arrow, oh my God! It's really bad. Yeah, it yeah. Makes, makes me crazy. 
but uh, yeah so but that's that's not a change that's just a gripe that's, hey we'll, we'll, we'll accept take, anything we'll anything except for city manager and city attorney is what you want to change yeah right? uh, other than uh, that our everlasting that, fear is that that's going to be so much that's on my list show. actually that was um, three. Oh. Yeah, yeah um no yeah. no not at all I'm just so glad we got that sweater thing taken care of because because we leave find your face yeah, after you figured it, it out. Was, it He's was, like, "What am I doing with these like, weirdos? It, it, am I going to get out of here alive?" Yeah, because yeah, it obviously it had to be on purpose because it's it's two o'clock in the afternoon when we started recording and it's this. Summer, by the way, and it's, it's summer. Out. Yeah, right. No, no reason to wear a sweater. If we had been on it, we would have totally been like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't course. know what you're talking about, yeah. and, and Dina would have been going. <laughs> Okay, am I in a movie? And are they about you know? Am I, am I gonna, am I going to get out of this alive? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we got to the bottom. I, I think I think, oh, yeah. I think there is a there is a horror movie in there about um, two humble, two seemingly innocuous government employees Seriously, who sit sweaters. around wear sweaters and you know. Oh, just fellas, there's there's any any just about anything could be elevated and turned into. There's stories everywhere. That's the thing. There's story. Everybody's got a story. And that's the one thing that I like about our podcast as well is that everybody's got a story. It's up to you guys, and you guys have done a magnificent job today. Uh, you just got to draw it out of people. Everybody's, you know, these are things that I haven't talked about in years, and you know, you, you kind of dug and brought them out. So kind of cool. Well, thank you for sharing the stories. Thanks for being yeah, on the podcast. Great. Thanks for being part of the community, um, whether it's through the movies or through the comedy or. Obviously, the thing where most people see is through the show and, and being yeah. there and being, you know, I'm being, blessed, man. Being I am, part of that. So. I'm blessed. I'm blessed to to be back at the at the station that and refreshed and, and ready to go and to have the opportunity to, to do what I do and to share it. That's that's my biggest joy. I know that sounds kind of corny and hokey, but, uh, you know, there's nothing better than making people laugh. Yeah. You know, if you can laugh every day your day just got that much better and hey you know what i think in terms of the 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 presentation part i think it's clear as we compare you to eric schmidt that there is some <laughs> on-air talent difference between the, <laughs> between the sales talent difference because um, i know i know schmidt's going to listen to this um i can tell you he was a said. great guest too he, he, he is was, he <laughs> was a great guest but i you know i think in terms of on-air talent <laughs> here's what he wrote i said uh I wrote to him, guess you raised the bar here already, getting ready to do my community service at Upper Arlington podcast. <laughs> joke, joke. Uh, they asked if I'll do as well as you did, and he said, you will crush it. I had trouble putting headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> he did. I completely forgot about that. But here we thought we were having this guy in who's all got all this experience in radio, and he's staring at the headphones like, what is what are, this? What are, what are these? I've not seen these strange contraptions. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So anyway, don't let him anywhere near the studio. I won't let him anywhere. Well, he, he pops in from time to time. Yeah, he's 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 great. Like I said, he's a friend first and a boss second. Yeah. But uh, he, he's a great guy. And uh, tell Chiefy I said hello. Yeah, I, I tell So uh, we talked earlier. Um, Dino and our esteemed uh, Chief Steve Farmer have known each other for years. Uh -huh. And uh, uh, Steve's the one who made the connection. I have Steve has now booked more guests yeah, than I have. Our, I, I, our uh, police uh, chief Are you, are you picking up on this? It's not lost on me that I have <laughs> failed miserably. So, um, no, I was texting with him, and he said to say hi and, and uh, sends his greetings. He's out um, uh, taking care of some family stuff today. Good, so. good. Yeah. Please give him my best. I will. All right. Thanks Thank for you, being on. Thank you guys so much. Hallelujah.